Hi, I'm Kat Farrance, and I'm founder of Movement for Modern Life. Welcome to Yoga Off the Mat. This is the Movement for Modern Life podcast. And in this podcast, I invite you to join me on a journey to meet the champions of change. These are the most inspiring people I've ever met, and they're living a happy, healthy, sustainable life. Welcome to another special edition of the Movement for Modern Life podcast. In this, we're sharing live meditations from our wonderful team of teachers who are all part of our home yoga retreat. These meditations, Dharma talks, and Q&A sessions are fantastic tools for supporting us all through the more difficult times in our lives. Today, I'm talking with Zephyr Wildman. Zephyr is one of our teachers on Movement for Modern Life, and is just a fountain of knowledge when it comes to yoga philosophy. Zephyr is just fantastic at sharing this in an accessible and practical way. In this podcast, Zephyr gives us a summary of the five virtues of yoga. She focuses on courage. What does courage look like? How can we be courageous? How can our yoga practice support us in finding and practicing courage? We will have a chat about how we face challenging times and how yoga philosophy and the physical practice of yoga can help us move through challenge and gain resilience. This is followed by a lovely meditation from Zephyr. So please do, at the end, spend a couple of minutes, find a nice peaceful spot, have a seat and join us through a beautiful meditation. And I hope you find this useful. Please do share with anyone who you think would benefit from some of the positive tools in their toolkit and to get through harder times in life. And how are you doing this Easter day? I'll tell you what, I have never had an Easter like this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've had an Easter like this. Um, I'm actually stuck in Morocco. Um, uh, The day after we arrived about four weeks ago, they closed all the borders. So we've been adjusting over the past four weeks. And so it doesn't really feel like a typical Easter, though we're not, we're not religious. And so it doesn't mean that much to our family. Mm -hmm. But I think it just what it means is, is that we would probably go over to my mother-in-law's house and Mm -hmm. see my brother-in-law and he's just had a baby, but we can't do that today. So we're here in Morocco today. It's rainy, which is a blessing because the farmers need the rain. They've had a really bad winter. So And it's filled with pollen and the flowers are out and the bees and the birds and the frogs and the mongooses and, you know, wildlife is definitely here. Um, So that feels like spring. It feels like that kind of Easter quality. So I can see the positives and I can see the kind of gratitude for my experience here and being here at this time. But it is an unusual one and it's left me kind of a little bit somber and kind Mm -hmm. of, yeah, it's, it's, it's. strange. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay to be somber. I'm sure that I'm feeling a little somber and I'm sure that a few other folks are as well. Um, we've all, you know, I'm normally with my family at Easter and it's a shame. It's just a shame the way things are, but you know what, we all just have to accept what is, which is um, a kind of practice of yoga and what we're all up to. Um, now we are joined by Lisa Wells, who has said wonderful classes today, Zeph. Thank you. Um, the classes we were recommending was um, it was your courage bind 
for courage, which is brilliant. I love it. It's such a, it's a heart opening practice. It is a courageous practice. It's not an easy one. I was chatting to my mum on the phone about it earlier. So, oh, it's a hard one, but it's good to go through it. So mum's feeling courageous with that. Hi, Susanna. And hello, Sandy. It's lovely to see you guys back. And it's our penultimate day of the retreat today. So I think that sometimes on as the retreat winds down, we do go through some, you know, some things. There are things which have cropped up during the last, you know, week or so. And there are things that we're all dealing with. And the community is always at this stage. You know, we're all kind of in this together, but it's quite, it's not an easy time. Mm-hmm. And but right I think this is, that, that is actually pointing towards one of the teachings in um, uh, yoga is, is that there's five virtues to being a yogi. And we have to keep on reinforcing these virtues to be able to practice um, effectively. And the first virtue is to actually have vira, which is courage. It's to bravely face life's challenge, difficulty, intensity, remaining open-hearted and connected to Shraddha, which is a sense of faith. Now, it's interesting, Easter Sunday, and there's a lot of people who do abide to a faith, but yoga is not a religion, but it celebrates whatever religion you do abide to, and that idea of Ishrara, which is the god of your understanding, but that sense of trusting in the nature of things, that sense of having the space to be able to explore this, um, you know, your understanding of what that um, faith and trust is. And as we practice, what we're, the third thing that you're meant to be kind of cultivating in practice is shmurti, which is memory to remember, even when times feel really hard and challenging, you remember this sense of courage within, the sense of connection to the belief system and, and trust within the fabric of everything and that things are happening the way they should be. And that idea of practice and quite a lot of the twist core practice, that very strong practice, was meant to actually connect you with the physical, energetic and mental experience because that's the fourth virtue of being a yogi is Samadhi, which is this absorption, this oneness, this sense of relationship of the body, energy, body and mind and spirit, that sense that everything's interconnected and interdependent. And that when we have access to that experience of waking up to the wholeness of our being, we then practice the fifth, which is prajna, which is the luminosity of mind and heart, that radiance, that pranic alchemy that you cultivate in practice, that that heat, light, and resplendence, that that light is so bright, no darkness can exist, that then, you know, you, you then kind of go back into kind of really valuing all these five virtues of being a yogi, but we are human. And we have to practice. That's the nature of this. Mm -hmm. The heart of the method of yoga is a focused, diligent practice. Abhyasa and vairagya is letting go of sensory observation at any given time. It's not just on your mat, but it's in your life. And it's like, wow, I just got a huge feeling of like, this is such a dark day. This is not the Easter that I want. Mm -hmm. 
And you awaken to that. You go into a sense of faith and trust. It's okay. This is unfolding the way it's meant to. I know this. Mm-hmm. That sense of courage to face, you know, those feelings, those thoughts, those sensations, connecting to remembering ultimately what matters to me most. What do I care about? What's my deepest heart's longing and intention? Mm-hmm. That sense of being fully present here now, that uh, samadhi, the physical, energetic, emotional, mental, and that sense of essence of you, that light within you that lights your eyes and your heart. So at any given point, we can reinforce these five virtues of being the yogi Mm -hmm. um, and cultivating, um, well, cultivating four things. We're meant to be cultivating four things when we're practicing. And if you're actually off your mat practicing, still four things, non-judgmental awareness, friendliness, joy, and compassion. So that sense of waking up and dropping the judgment and criticism, or you just log in and go, wow, that's critical thinking. That's judgmental thinking or feeling. And then that sense of kind of starting to attend and befriend Areas where you find you're falling short or you're not enough or you're failing somehow or you feel, you know, whatever's kind of going on for you and that you you practice in this way to touch that natural joy of being alive and finding things that bring you this delight, this happiness and ultimately to learn how to self-care, nurture and offer yourself more loving kindness. Um, and so this is a great way of being able to reinforce of a home retreat every day you show up and you're practicing letting go of, you know, the things that aren't serving you. And then that sense of kind of cultivating more of what you need, what matters to you most, what do you care about? And it's like, you know, so it, it, it's, it, it, when we go deep into this and practice, of course, you're going to have a huge lull, but it's that reinforcing these key techniques in practice, not just asana, not just meditation. It's like in everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And that com- it's really lovely to hear that this is the journey that we're on. And when we're making our shapes and breathing, that's kind of where we're going to. And we do get glimpses. I, I'm sure we all do of these things, but it's a lovely reminder that this is, this is where the practice is rooted. Mm. Oh, thank you. That's really beautiful. And it's beautiful to know that the courage is something that's, it's a timeless quality, right? It's a, something which is so important to us all and always has been. Mm. Yeah. Being courageous of facing. And I think there's that um, Buddhist phrase, you know, um, about kind of, you know, may I find peace in the light in life's greatest challenges? Because a lot of the time, um, you know, fear is a part of mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. And in the rasa of um, emotions, um, rasa is like the flavor of emotions, um, fears kind of antidote is courage that you become this brave warrior knowing that you're scared shitless, that you are really facing something that you're just like, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this alive, but reinforced with that sense of belief and faith. You're like, I am open and willing. Please guide me. You know, show me the strength to get me through this next few hurdles. 
Um, and in our path, we're going to experience obstacles. And in the sutras, in one um, 130, in the sutras, they describe nine obstacles that we're going to have to practice with to be courageous enough to face. Um, I wrote them down because my memory at the moment is a little bit lacking. <laughs> so... Um, in 130, that sense of summoning up that courage, those virtues of being a yogi, you're going to have to face dullness. You're going to have to face apathy. You're going to have to face self-doubt. You're going to have to face discontent. You're going to have to face carelessness of your thoughts, energy, you know, um, your actions, procrastination, um, led and controlled by your senses. And that's a really hard one right now because we are so kind of glued to our phone and notifications and especially that BBC news outlet kind of, dilly. it's just like, oh my God, what's happened now? You know, and it's all of a sudden you're in this peaceful place, but all of a sudden you're letting control by your senses. And it's like, come on, have the courage to face this. Like, you're like, okay, do I need to actually see what's on the news? Uh, the last two is instability and a lack of concentration. So when we experience these obstacles in our um, practice on and off our mat, how they manifest that we have to kind of build up that strong warrior in us to face is, is that we're going to have emotional distress. Mm-hmm. You're going to have negative thinking. You're going to have this unsteadiness in your body, like you want to jump out of your skin and run away. And then you're going to have disturbed breathing patterns, which will have a mirrored response in your mind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the teachings really talk about really a step-by-step process of how to deal with this. And it's one, we, we start to kind of go, when we find that we're emotionally distressed, when we find that we're having stinking thinking, when we find that we are really unsteady and we, we can't like either move or so lethargic, or we're just like, like about to have a panic attack or your breath is either up here or held in the exhale, we move inwards. We, that sense of non-judgmental awareness, we turn inwards and we start to investigate kind of what our body, our energy body and our mind are trying to communicate. What is, what unmet needs aren't being made, you know? That sense of really focusing one thing at a time, like, is it in my heart? Is it in my throat? Is it in my tummy? Is it sharp and prickly? What are the sensations? Is it changing? When I breathe into it, does it does it move? What color is it? And so th- this is the seeking that yogis um, find fascinating. It's because there's this awakening, a gift of awakening we have the opportunity to hold. Now, to awaken to life, the 10,000 arrows of sorrow to the 10,000 arrows of joy, sometimes a lot of us don't want to wake up to it. We'd rather be anesthetized because it's too painful. But the yogi is this embodiment of this courageous warrior connected to their virtues that you have the self-awareness to bravely start to understand and create more self-knowledge. Like, who am I? The characteristics, how I react to life, how I react to other people, how I I respond to myself. And then it's like, what am I? And that sense of accepting is um, the next kind of fold in that, in that ability to accept ourselves just as we are. And and life as it is, because that if we don't accept, there's resistance. 
Um, and that resistance creates suffering. That attachment to something other than this or the attachment to previous experience pleasures or, you know, there's that raga and dvesha push and pull. Mm-hmm. In that sense that then once we have acceptance, there is a sense of discipline practice because you have the tools to be able to go, oh, I've been here before. Okay, what practice really served me? You know, and that's a brilliant thing about your platform is students are able to kind of start logging on going, actually, this really helped me today. I'm going to put this in my favorites. And so when I remember I'm dealing with stinking thinking, I'm going to go to this one. Or if I'm dealing with my body just filled with energy and I need to release some of it and then learn how to nurture it, I'm going to use this one. And so there's a sense of like using all the practices, all teachers, mm-hmm. and kind of you bespoking your practice to meet your needs for the day. And in that way that you have this sense of discipline of you wake up and you know how to take care of yourself and it's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. And then, then you become more self-actualized because you start to transcend old patterns and you start to transform those old patterns into new ones to prop you into ultimately becoming who you've always been and unraveling the layers of, you know, your conditioning and your karmic, you know, stuff that we all are here to be learning something. Mm-hmm. And we usually have about five, you know, handful of lessons that we're always regurgitating and having to kind of learn over and over again. But there's a point where we become more skilled at practicing connected to the virtues of being a yogi, the sense of acknowledging the obstacles and and recognizing how it affects you and then putting to, into practice these principles and then being able to then um, start to, one, um, kind of open up to what is beyond just this. It's becoming more aligned with like what I am and all these different maps can lead us to there. So it's quite nice that there's a yoga teacher teaching this and there's a yoga teacher doing this and a meditation teacher doing this. And it's not that there's a phrase like, don't confuse the maps with the territory because intrinsically we all know, like there's a a knowing, there's a wisdom, there's a light of intelligence, there's a pure conscious awareness within us. It's just at different times we use different maps. And a lot of the time, a lot of people like to attach themselves to this map. This is my map. And if you do my map, mm-hmm. you'll reach enlightenment. And those people are usually trying to get into enlightenment retirement. Um, <laughs> I would question those people. I love that phrase. You are funny. Enlightenment retirement. I I, I do find, and if people do follow me on Instagram, Uh um, I do have a very, very dark side of humor. And I take the piss out of my community all the time. And I think if you do not go through life laughing at yourself and laughing at everybody else, Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry for (laughs) Absolutely. It is so much joy (laughs) absolutely oh you've got to because it because so many people I mean gosh let's uh, let's take a step back and what have you just said it's incredibly serious it's incredibly real it's incredibly deep and it's hard like 
all of those obstacles are right in front of all of us and especially right now and crumbs if we weren't to lighten up and play a little bit I think that would derail us off our yoga journey as well. So I yeah. think it's important, Zef. Um, and thank you um, for sharing. Now, our, our Wisdom Warriors, we're also joined by Deborah. So hello. And hello to Laurel. Hi, Anala. Joining very late in the day, but looking forward to the meditation. Um, and Lizzie is also joining us. Heidi has says she tried the Sunday chill this afternoon. We recorded that years ago now, didn't we? But it is. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, God, I was so young. I was <laughs> yeah, we were all young once, I know, right? <laughs> but I'm, it's I'm, a great, great class, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if you've revisited it, Zeph, but for me, it is one that is firmly in my favorites. It's like it's too good for just Sunday. Honestly, it is the perfect, like, relaxation but also it takes you to your boundaries um my mum vera she also joined in and she has the following to say zephyr when i first did the class i thought it was all beyond me ah oh, but oh, this is good because when i spoke to her it was before she did it and she was like this is too hard i don't know what zephyr's trying to do <laughs> but this afternoon i did the class again and was so pleased i could do a little more and this is your bend and bind for courage one yeah, you could do a little bit more than the first time, which was very satisfying. Having you remind us that the pain is only short term and things will change. <laughs> it's oh, a good oh. inspiration, isn't it? It's all short term and everything will pass. Yeah, it's like the weather. Everything changes, you know. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing like doing an uncomfortable yoga class for that little inspiration. To really provoke a lot of the way that we react to things and that becomes mm -hmm. the it's like, you know, that uh, the um, reaction is more interesting than just being serene and happy. I think our practice really is to look at what is between me and feeling free right now. What is between me and being in love right now? What is between me and feeling safe right now? What is between me and having faith? And it takes a lot of courage to be able to look at what is between you because you have to be really honest. You have to start being honest with yourself because a lot of the time and this comes from more of the 12 steps recovery um, process is, is that we're constantly trying to become powerful over people places and things because we have this kind of like fear that if we become powerless we will end up being a doormat or spinning out of control into this void of uncertainty but we find, I find in myself, is when I try to control outcomes, control my children, control my partner, control my job, control my students, mm -hmm. it just creates more unmanageability because all of a sudden I can feel my judgment, my intolerance, my impatience, my arrogance, my ego, you know, my self-pity and all these defects of character come up. And so it's always interesting to kind of go, what is unmanageable in my life? And what am I trying to be powerful over? And there's a sense of surrendering because I am powerless over everything. But what I'm powerful over is my next thought, is my next words, is my next action. Is it kind? Mm -hmm. Is it useful? Is it, is it loving? Um, is it productive? Is it creative? 
Will this open, you know, how will this situation open my mind and heart? And that sense that we do something different than we normally do to create more serenity and sanity and peace in our lives. And so there's this thing where we go back to that sense of faith and courage as we hand our will and our lives over to the care of our God of our understanding, wherever it is within us, around us, as us, that sense we hand our will and our life over it, trusting in the powers that be that will guide us and that there is a force, our spirit so wants to celebrate this embodiment and our soul has been brought here to learn certain things and to deny that or keep suppressing it just creates more and more of this stuff so it's a way of like really starting to learn how to have emotional intelligence to understand and recognize what's going on um, allow greater space to investigate and inquire deeper into who you are, what you are, understanding yourself, self-knowledge, that's svadaya, and that sense of learning how to take care of yourself, befriend yourself, nurture yourself. And this is an acronym um, that I got from Tara Brock, um, and it's a it's an acronym called RAIN, R-A-I-N, and it's a really good one, especially if you're in that reaction stage, because you're just like, I hate twists and core, and I don't like all this heat, and you know, you're just like, I don't like. And it's like, well, who doesn't like? And so you start to recognize and acknowledge your thoughts, the words, the feelings, the actions, the behaviors. And instead of kind of like consolidate, you know, putting yourself in a broom closet and dealing with all your stuff, wouldn't you rather deal with your stuff on the top of a mountain as wide as the sky is with space and light? So that sense of allowing greater space, and this is the work with the breath of working with pranayama is that inhale creates that space. The exhale is that process of learning how to let go. You lean in as you breathe in space, you lean in. And as you exhale, it teaches you to soften, to surrender, to let go. And in that moment, you start to nurture, you start to listen. How can I take care of this space? What do I need? right now what reassurance do I need how can I you know it, so it's an interesting one in which it gives a very practical way of dealing with life as it is arising you know steeped in your virtues of being a yogi but this sense of self-awareness self-understanding self-acceptance and then that self-discipline this is coming from the seven stages of yoga um, and it's just a you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And the majority of us are going to be in the first four mm-hmm. self actualization, self transcendence, and self transformation is the last three. But that takes time to transcend old patterns and transform them into better ones. We have to keep practicing abhyasa and learning how to let go of that which doesn't serve us, vairagya. So it's just, I'm repeating myself mainly because that's how we learn. And um, the meditation that I, I wanted to share with you guys is working with the waves of emotions, but then also really looking at how do we accept ourselves just as we are and be the holder of our own pain and suffering. Because I think that's more prov- provocative and useful than just, you know, like, like 
I don't know, doing the splits or handstands. That's not going to take my, you know, obstacles really away. It just will distract me. But to really practice in practice, these kind of principles, I think is more impactful and you'll seek long, longer benefit from utilizing these principles like rain um, in your practice. Oh, that's a, that's so that's so good. It's so heartening to hear. If anything has arisen, I mean, for me, there's been a million questions, and so much has arisen from that lovely little synopsis of um, of the yoga philosophy. Um, but maybe we can go into our meditation, and as we do that, if questions, thoughts, anything arises for anybody, if you type in comments. Then we can look at it after after we go through this, and maybe we can answer any questions. We being Zephyr, thank you. <laughs> um, if that's if that works okay with you, Zeph? Yeah, that's brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. Let's see. Ah, Kathy has a good question. What does Rain stand for? That's a good so, one to go through now. So R is to recognize. A is to allow. I is to investigate or inquire, but that's an American or, you know, we spell it with I, or to take inventory. And then N is to nurture with non-judgmental awareness. And if I could add to that, Kathy, check out Tara's book, which is just that radical compassion. Yeah. True Refuge um, yeah. is a brilliant one. Radical Acceptance is a brilliant one. She's an incredible teacher, and she's been one of my teachers, though I haven't studied with her in person. I study with her most days, um, yeah, online. Yeah, she's yeah. So great. Do do check her out, and thank you. Thanks mm -hmm. for explaining that. Cool. Cool bananas. So do you want me to start? <laughs> let's, let's do it. Why not? Okay. All right, so as you can hear me, you don't need to see me. I'd like for you all to just close your eyes. And if you have a hard time with your eyes closed, just cast your gaze down so it just calms your nervous system. And just create a sweet, tender smile upon your lips. Notice how the tongue makes that same smile and you open the space between the ears to receive all sound. And as awareness starts to fill the room that you're in, sense that spaciousness that you're safe and held. Attuning to the physical shape of your body. And allowing awareness to descend into the body. And noticing the rise and fall of your breath. Feel the swell of the inhale and feel the outflow you sink in like waves upon the ocean. And sense you are floating in an ocean, that you are safe and held, that you are warm. Noticing the thoughts, the sounds, and the breath creating ripples 
upon the surface of this ocean. And feel this ocean is one of loving kindness, loving awareness. Now we're going to work with your undesirable and unpleasant emotions within this ocean of loving awareness. As is a part of being human. And do know that in this ocean, it, you cannot be fixed and you cannot be rescued. However, you can learn to surf the waves of these emotions. As you open your unique wounds of loss, sadness, and grief, find the courage to touch these wounds and open them just a little bit. And see the swell of these motion, emotions like large waves. Sense these waves in the distance heading towards you. These waves will be filled with anger, injustice, deep sadness, longing, guilt, your resentment, your rage, and loneliness. You might feel overwhelming and you might find that there's a fear of drowning, but know that you are safe. Know how you can breathe through each swell of these feelings. As the first wave approaches you, this wave brings fear, anxiousness, nervousness, uncertainty. Sense on your next inhale as the wave approaches and breathe in and dive into the first wave. And as you exhale, pierce through the other side. Feel the unique sensations of the next wave of your unique fear, anxiousness. Breathe into it. And as you exhale, come out the other side. One more. The next set of waves are waves of sadness, grief, and loss. Unique to you. Recall those feelings, and as the first wave of sadness hits you, breathe in and dive in. Exhale, come through the other side. Feel your grief and loss of someone or something that you adored and loved. Breathe into it and feel the sensation, and as you exhale, feel it wash through you. Now sense the next set of waves or waves of anger, resentment, harsh judgment. Breathe into them. Be brave and courageous and breathe into them. Feel them. And as you exhale, you find yourself learning how to surf the waves of strong emotions. Notice, as you become more skilled, that the intervals between the waves become longer, the waves become smaller. But there still is a certain residue of those strong emotions, memories, feelings, sensations still in you. 
and turn your awareness now to your heart space. See your pain and suffering through the lens of this timeless expression of grace within you, of loving awareness as you bathe in this light. You are safe, loved, and held in its arms. Sense yourself open and willing to be guided into your deepest wounds, directly touching strong feelings that keep you stuck, that erode stinkles within your being, and to place this place where you hold like blame, guilt, shame. Open to the sensations of your undesirable emotions, feelings, and sensations, those memories, and breathe in deeper with a tender attention to the suffering that you might, that might be present right now. As you invite them to express themselves fully, Feel the rhythm of your breath, riding the swell of sensation, and release them through the exhale, learning to let go, surrender, soften. Now begin to recognize and acknowledge your feelings by offering words to them to be expressed, to draw them into the light of this loving awareness that you have the capacity to meet these feelings with compassion and empathy. And I'd like you to say to yourself, even though I feel I need to act out my impulses, I accept myself just as I am. Even though I feel emotionally triggered, I accept myself just as I am. Even though I feel the heat and fury of my resentments, I accept myself just as I am. Even though I hear the voice of self-judgment and criticism so loud, I accept myself just as I am. Even though I feel anxious, afraid, scared, uncertain for my future, I accept myself just as I am. Even though I feel so dark and wounded, I accept myself just as I am. Even though I feel like I'm drowning in my grief and my sorrow, I accept myself just as I am. Say even though and connect to something within you that is present and just whisper, I accept myself just as I am.
Now touching the areas of most need with your attention, healing, by placing your hands upon your heart, overlapping over your breastbone, and breathe in, feeling your hands cradle and offer you some nurturance and self-care. And say with sincerity to yourself, I see you. I am here. I am not leaving. You are not alone. I care. Your pain matters to me. I accept this part of me just as it is today. I am doing my best to manage today's unmanageability. I give myself the permission to feel, to be heard, to express my pain. I see you. My feelings are seen. My intention is to bring healing to this. My intention is to bring love to this. My intention is to bring tenderness to this. My intention is to bring kindness to this. My intention is to forgive myself. I forgive myself. I am open to change, healing, and acceptance. I accept that this is where I am today. I accept that I am human and that I will have ups and downs, but I am imperfect. I forgive myself. I open my heart. I lean in and hold this space with a tender appreciation and care. Sense your heart opening to the enormity of your suffering held in this unlimited presence of loving awareness. Feel the fullness of bathing in this light of love, compassion, acceptance, and forgiveness. Ask yourself to fully be present. Receive on the inhale, lean in and let go.
as you remain still, become aware of what is awake as the mind, body, and energy are effortlessly floating in a calm, tranquil sea of loving awareness. Sense a transparency, a clarity within, and that you are whole and complete as you are. And as you breathe in, whisper, I receive love. As you exhale, I let go of my pain and suffering. Your inhale, I receive peace. Exhale, I offer forgiveness. Inhale, I receive acceptance. Exhale, I trust and let go. Smiling, gazing into your own heart. Quietly saying to your own heart, with great respect and love, I honor my heart, my inner teacher. And bowing our heads to all teachers that come before us, whatever form they may take in the form of undesirable emotions and feelings to desirable ones. And sense the mind quieter, the heart open, and your body strong and vital. Slowly open the eyes, lower your hands, and just softly gaze, observing the residue of that practice. And taking that quality of awareness and feeling with you. Thank you very much for practicing. I just want to let people know when we go into this kind of work, there is a really deep sadness that comes up when we start being kind to ourselves and loving and really acknowledging all the pain and suffering that we carry and that we're not acknowledging and we're not, you know, um, giving a healthy outlet for and we're distracting ourselves with you know, social media, drink, over-exercising, overthinking, over-mothering, being a martyr, controlling, whatever, you're overworking, whatever you do, and all of a sudden you get quiet and still. There's a part of our aspect of our psyche that's like, oh, you see me. And it's like this journey inwards that brings this real sensitivity, and it's only for the brave and courageous, you know, to really go deep. Because this stuff hurts, you know? Um, You know, it's that sense of 10,000 arrows of sorrow, 10,000 arrows of joy. The yogi can hold both and be able to respect both, to hold them at the same time and say, thank you, thank you. But it's still, you are human. 
And so there's that delicate um, rasa between sadness and joy. And they are the antidote for each other, you know. And so um, it's really important practicing rain that you acknowledge, that you allow some breathing room, learn how to surf those waves of emotions, to investigate, the, the, like get a better language, not just like I'm angry, I'm sad, you know, like to kind of explore. I have like eight pages of emotions, like over like 150 emotions I have my students um, go through when we're doing vichara practices, which are kind of inventory taking in the eye of rain as you take inventory or you take an, an investigation inwards and you go through and create this bigger, broader way of being able to describe your emotions because every emotion has a different hue, color, flavor. And then from that, you learn how to nurture it specifically to meet your needs. You know, there's um, what one practice does for one person that they are like, that really rocked my boat. Not for another person, because we're composite of all different dosha types um, and how old we are, what we're dealing with in our life, if we're a mom, if we're not, you know, all this kind of stuff. So learning how to cultivate this self-understanding and the self-knowledge to bespoke your practices. So I keep on repeating myself, it's, but only, only because this is the only way that I've been able to learn this stuff and that I'm able to teach people where it really sinks in, where it becomes innate to them to make better choices in their lives, awakening to their own experienced wisdom, to be able to fuel you to go forward in your life with a sense of courage and connection to that Ishvara of your understanding. I'll leave it there. Sorry, talking too much. You're not at all. It was really, really beautiful. I found it incredibly powerful. A really, really emotional practice. And as you say, every teacher on the retreat has given a very different kind of meditation. And I definitely found the one today extraordinarily emotional and deep. So, and I know that I'm not alone, Kathy says the same, and Meg McBroom, thank you. Yeah, I got particularly emotional with the I see you and forgive you, which she wasn't expecting. Mm. And it is, and it's a surprise in a way, isn't it? Because these things are things that, you know, we've seen before, we've worked towards. But I think it's also quite powerful in this particular circumstance of unknowing. We're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. Never before has humanity been so connected, mm -hmm. so disconnected at the same time. But that feeling now that we are all separate you're in a separate country many people here are living in separate lives separate countries but we are all going through and we're choosing now to retreat ourselves mm. uh, to make the most to be courageous in this time rather than to numb ourselves mm. because there are so many choices that can be made right now and there are people choosing to go through netflix and there are people choosing to you know make all sorts of less healthy choices and I and think, there's there's a time and place for all yeah, of it. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's just moderation. It's the middle path. And you know intuitively what, like when you're kind of going off the deep end and you listen to that inner wisdom body and you're like, 
it's that discernment. It's called viveka. It's the eyes of discernment. You know from right and wrong, real and unreal, um, true and untrue, virtuous and unvirtuous. You know, you, that sense that, you know, you're like, oh, interesting. Well, um, I noticed that someone said, could I recommend a book on the yoga sutras? I can mm-hmm. because I've I've picked it up and I can't drop it. I keep on referring to it. It's, it's a really easy digestible one. It's called Embodying the Yoga Sutras. It's by Ranju Joy and David um, Carlton. So Embodying the Yoga Sutras. It has two little eyes. It's beige at the top and blue at the bottom. So I really recommend that book if you're interested in going a little bit deeper in... Um, yeah, these 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 uh, sutras and how you can actually apply it. And it's a great manual, but we need teachers to kind of digest it and then share different practices to um, make them alive again, because um, it is a living tradition. But it should be principles above personalities, but it is personalities in our industry because, you know, how someone conveys that that those words and the meaning and the sentiment is really important. Yeah, and different people will resonate at different times with different things. So I suppose it's worth thinking that if one thing isn't resonating right now, it's worth just taking, it's not necessarily the teaching themselves, it might be worth taking an experience. I've had that with students. I've had students practice with me like 17 years ago. And recently I had about five students come back to me and they went, I didn't get what you're banging on about. All your preambles are so long. I just wanted to do asana. And I went everywhere around and now I get it. And now when I'm in your class, I'm like, why didn't I stay? This is yoga. And I was like, oh, that's really flattering because sometimes I'm like, maybe I should just just teach another downward dog. But I'm like, I want to teach the philosophy of the of why we do yoga because I find how it is impacted me and taking care of me through my life's ups and downs. I'm like, you know, this is, you know, like as yoga teachers, you have to be congruent. You have to live this stuff. You can't just perceive yourself on Instagram and in front of class and say, I know all this stuff and it's great lyrics. Is it really, how do you take this in your daily life and how do you really live it, breathe it, you know, play with it. And um, so, yeah, if you see a teacher and you see something in them that you are like, I want what they have, you can really see that it's usually as they are really steeped in practice. Living their practice. light is so bright mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. it lights mm-hmm. your own light up. Yeah, I I definitely feel that. Like there are so many yoga teachers around and so many of them for, you know, courses for courses and all of that. But um, I feel so passionately that the ones who I certainly pick to be on Movement for Modern Life and with Yusef, it was more than a certain element of persuasion to uh, when I asked you first to film a camera. camera. But the thing is, you are somebody who lives your yoga so passionately and so powerfully. And that is the reason why it's so important that you are able to be the one who shares the message. Because for every one Zephyr, there's like a million teachers who are like, check out the world thing, check out this other thing, which is also lovely. But it's a very rare quality to find somebody who is so interested in the yoga philosophy and how that weaves in 
And that's my passion. It's how it, how the yoga comes off the mat. Yeah. Because it, like the hamstrings, as you said, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think it's the same for all the movement for modern life teachers. Like mm-hmm. everybody is living the philosophy. And mm-hmm. I know for you, you have such a lovely way. And Rachel has just said it. I love the way you weave philosophy into the classes. It makes it meaningful. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's brilliant. And as Sandy's also said, the best feedback I ever get is that I'm authentic. And I think that's in life. Mm-hmm. If we can just be real, real with ourselves and real with each other, and especially at a time like now when we're all, you know, going through something, if we can just share that and be real, I think that would be a courageous thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that I haven't been able to get through some of my darkest times turning into a, a do they and dealing with it by myself it takes a community mm-hmm. and I think what you're creating with this community is people can be honest in their sharing and say like I'm not getting this you know and then or this is really hard today you know does anybody have any suggestions on like this or you know and it's this shared community experience that you're not alone ultimately We all, if you boil down your wounds and your kind of stuff, we all just want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. We all want to feel loved and we all want to belong, Mm -hmm. you know. And so if you cultivate um, a place where people feel safe, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have an experience to exchange by listening to other people. And, you know, it's great that there's so much communication and and then that that you start feeling like you belong, that you're not so alone. And it's hard at this time because we're all so isolated. Oh. And it's hard because the stinking thinking comes in and you're just like, I love that. So well done. <laughs> no, I'm, no, all I do, I get the best things out of it. I get to listen to the people. I could listen to you all day and all night, Zeph. And that's the reason why I have your videos. So I can do exactly that. So for me, it is an utter pleasure. And I love being joined on the journey by so many other amazing people who, as you say, you're all sharing your real, true, authentic selves. And that is the most we can all bring. Thank you so very much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed the meditation. Do stay tuned on the Movement for Modern Life podcast for more practices from our online retreats, and they're going to be released over the next few weeks. Um, Please do subscribe so that you won't miss a session. And it would be great if you would be able to review us too. We um, really, really do appreciate and need the positive reviews so that others can find us. And of course, please share this with your friends. You can go to Movement for Modern Life forward slash podcast, and there you will find the beautiful array of our yoga off the mat and champions of change series. Um, and also, of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other usual places you will find a podcast. Please do go to movementformodernlife.com, sign up for your free 14-day trial. There has never been a better time to get your online yoga practices. So thank you very, very much and take care of yourselves and your loved ones.